Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! That is right! I did it! I five! Are you kidding me? That's right! Who do you think you are? I am! Pete Weber! Wow, Pete Weber! Who do you think you are? Well, how many years ago today was that? Twelve. Twelve years ago. Who do you think you are? I am. And apparently the story behind that is he was yelling at some like teens that had been <laughs> heckling him. And I guess they were heckling him. And so he looked at them after he's after he won and said, who do you think you are? I am. Which also is somewhat of a confusing phrase, but I love it. Isn't that just awesome? There's I don't think there's anything better in any kind of sport and bowling, I guess, is a sport, right? Technically, sport. Um, it, yeah. Fine, sport. It's a sport. Because someone said that's why it's called the Olympic Games and not the Olympic sports. There you go. Because some Let's of them are said, more like games. It's a competition. It's a competition. Of all of the competitions, yeah. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. When a guy yeah. is really cocky in a sport that people aren't, you know, into yeah. like baseball and football okay, and that sort of thing. Here's the thing. All it's of awful. us have bowled a strike. A kindergarten has a kindergartner has bowled a strike accidentally, but no one is accidentally going to hit a 100 mile per hour fastball awesome. 450 feet into the stands. You know what I mean? There's Time always to, something to it when you can accidentally I, do what the best do. It's awesome. Let's <laughs> go to the Quiver River Electric guest line this morning. The president of Contemporary Production, Steve Shankman, visits with us. Evolution Festival is coming back to Forest Park September 28th and 29th. And Steve is with us on KMOX. How you doing, Steve? Uh, doing great. Matter of fact, believe it or not, I'm standing right out in Forest Park in Langenberg Field for 2024. The second year of Evolution will take place. September 28th and September 29th. It, it is a perfect day to be out in Forest Park mm. right now. It's gorgeous outside. And we've well, got. Come back Wednesday. Come back Wednesday. <laughs> we'll have a whole different kind of weather. That's, well, that's what I heard. Uh, February 28th, so a couple of days away. It'll be on Wednesday, 10 in the morning. Tickets are going on sale for Evolution Festival. We've heard some of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about it. What, what are the main attractions for you, Steve? Happy to. Well, we wanted the Killers last year. Killers are one of the biggest rock act that plays festivals around the country. Matter of fact, they're playing in New Orleans uh, at the New Orleans Festival with the uh, with the Rolling Stones. So we were able to get the Killers this year. This is one of the newer acts we have because, you know, the whole idea behind Evolution is diversity of talent and genre. So music from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, even the 2000s and 10s. So Mr. Brightside has become like the anthem for weddings now. Matter of fact, I just heard that it's a fight song that they use at Mizzou down in Columbia. So right now, Mr. Brightside is uh, is their biggest song, and, and it's uh, supposedly going to be the new wedding song taking the place of Don't Stop Believing by my friend's journey. Uh, also, Beck. So now we go back a few more years, an older group that's been around, but a guy that does alternative rock, I mean, hip-hop, uh, uh, you know, just everything from, from, from rock to folk. 
and to have him on the show alongside of the Killers is going to be great. Jane's Addiction, another great rock and roll act. Happy to have them back in St. Louis. I did them many times, you know, being that I uh, worked with the pageant and, and the factory and also uh, developed Riverport. So having a great L.A. band from the 90s with Perry Farrell singing, uh, it's going to be a great, great, great show. One of my favorites, <laughs> talk about iconic, <laughs> is Blondie. Blondie crosses all genres of music and, and fashion. I mean, just totally iconic. And have Blondie on, on this stage, kind of keeping with what we did last year, some new, some old, some historic, some iconic, and some just great music. And then really happy to announce that we have uh, Killer Mike, just won three Grammy Awards last month. Killer Mike actually links up with Trackstar in St. Louis, our own homegrown Trackstar, who is his DJ. And that's going to be great. And you, and you talk about other kinds of icons that are coming. Todd Rundgren, how many times has he come to St. Louis? And I've got to know him pretty well over the years, uh, playing at all the uh, smaller theaters in town. So once again, you're going to have a stage, two stages, and now three stages filled with unbelievable acts. Uh, in our in our in our disco hip hop category of, of all people, we're able to get Nile Rodgers. Chic, you remember Good Times? I mean, <laughs> these are great old rap songs. And last year we had Sugar Hill Gang, which was great, yep. and Ice Cube. So now this year we got Nile. Nile is going to be great, and just another great act. And then getting to a little country, a little more pop. El King is going to be on the stage this year. And, uh, again, uh, you know, everybody knows X's and O's. My 10-year-old daughter singing all the time. <laughs> so something for everybody. That's the whole idea. This is going to be the greatest party of the decade. If you were here last year or if you've seen the pictures, you had 25,000 people clapping and jumping and just having the time of their life. And, you know, we have food and beverages, all kinds of beverages. This year we're even going to do a beer garden. I mean, we are the home of beer in St. Louis. And not only Anheuser-Busch, but all the other great beers that people like to enjoy. And, you know, two days, 28 bands, 18 last year. We upped it by 10 more. And we have some nice local regional bands like Nadine from St. Louis and uh, Uncle Tupelo. But the band now uh, goes under the name of Sunvolt, different people. But, again, we always want to give the local bands a shot. Art, culture, diversity, inclusion. It's a place to be, great VIP area. Uh, tickets, I, I think, are one of the lowest ticket price uh, right now for festivals around, ta- around town and around the country. So buy early because prices do go up over time when certain sections sell out. Well, I'm so excited. And I will say most excited about the killers. I went to the Lou Fest back in the day, um, right after Lollapalooza, I think it was, took over. And the killers were a headliner. And here's what's so awesome about the killers. Uh, Brandon Flowers may be relatively small. like He's a short guy. But... Their personalities, born and bred in Vegas. And if you are a right. band performing in Vegas, you have to be big. You have to be a spectacle. And to have the Killers on a festival stage, you talk about a band that was made for festivals, a band that doesn't get swallowed up by the other stages or the noises. Uh, they are, to this day, that festival concert of the Killers was, I think, the Remember. best concert I've ever gone to. I was hula hooping. I had a glow in the dark hula hoop. Oh, wow. And I was hula hooping and dancing. And even in the very back, the killers that projected. I, I mean, this is going to be the concert of concerts. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I mean, all of them are going to well, be great. This is just my personal I, favorite. I agree with you. I mean, they're playing the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. They are Las Vegas uh, based. He is terrific, as is his partner. But the thing is about the shows. 
this year. Last year was Brandy Carlisle, the Black mm-hmm. Keys, and Black all great acts and great shows. And some people didn't know some of the acts, like Cautious Clay, or they had heard of Sugar Hell Gang, but they were too young to remember them. It's going to be a bigger, more exciting, more dynamic group of shows than we even had last year. And last year was great. It's not that the bands weren't as good. They were great. It's just I think the party atmosphere is going to turn up the decibels a lot louder. And I just don't want to see people miss what they said. Oh, Steve, I wish I would have gone last year. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the next year because it's not going to be just next year. Is We're going to keep doing it or keep making it bigger. This is my hometown. I love Forest Park. I was involved with the zoo, as you may know, for many years as the chairman. There's a sculpture uh, right out front of the zoo called the Shankman Family Plaza. Uh, to be able to do something in my ba- – I'm not doing festivals anywhere else in the country, okay? This is it. This is contemporary. This is my partner, Joe Litbeg from Just Listen. Just Listen. This is Jeff uh, Jarrett, my partner, contemporary, who does the curating of all the artists. This is a team effort of contemporary and Just Listen to bring something to St. Louis that without will be passed over. You wouldn't see the killers uh, in September mm-hmm. because we do have Riverport and the pageant and Delmar Hall and the factory. We have some of the greatest venues in the country. But if you don't have a festival, all these acts, Blondie, you're not seeing them uh, in September. They're not coming. So the festival is important. That's why we try to get businesses behind it. A lot of the companies in St. Louis, you know, some of the ones that advertise on your station, you know, Schnucks and AT&T and Lindenwood and They've all joined us as partners, and partners are important because festivals aren't cheap to put on. But the, the thing is, is we have to have this. This completes our venue situation in St. Louis, and we're in the number one park in the country. I mean, how do you get any better than that? Right. You can't. And, okay, I, I don't think you named this name yet either. This is kind of a deep cut. But just to really drive home the point that there is something for everyone, uh, Pete right. Warren. Pete Yorn's also going to be there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never, I, you know, I've been listening to Pete Yorn forever. I have never seen him live, and this is an opportunity to see just this crazy diverse lineup of artists. He's a folk singer type, right? Yeah, and yeah. genres, and we can go to the, you can see the Killers, and you can see Pete Yorn. Oh, and you can see Jane's Addiction in the best park in the country. <laughs> 28, 28 bands, over 20 hours of music, and and you're right about Pete Yorn. He was a last act that was booked. He was booked last week. We've been trying to get him. He just completes the bill. You know, when you start looking at even some of the bands like uh, uh, Lola Kirk, uh, I mean, you're talking about an artist that is incredibly, incredibly talented. Uh, Sunvolt, I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, one of the local or more local uh, related bands. But when you look at Robert Finley, here's the guy they found on the street, uh, the Black Keys, and he's one of the greatest blues musicians. He's the oldest guy going to be on stage, except maybe for me. No, maybe about the same age. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got blues. We got funk. We got disco. We have a little bit of electronic. It's something for everybody. Why? Even if you don't know some of the acts. Oh, I don't really know Jeff Beck's music. Well, if you're here, you're going to enjoy it. A lot of people have never seen Brandy Carlisle until they came to the festival last year. And certainly, Sugar Hill Gang hadn't been around for a long time. That was put together by us because we knew they'd be a great addition. Come out. Get your tickets early. Tickets go up. You know, when they sell out of some price, they go up to the new price. Uh, we, we're going to have a big day on uh, on Wednesday on ticket sales. We also did a early bird special that ended last night, giving people a chance to buy tickets even less expensive. It's not about how much the tickets are getting people to come and enjoy themselves. And we'll always try to keep the tickets moderately priced as long as I'm involved with the Evolution Festival. So 
All I can say is that it's going to be the greatest party of the decade. You promised last year that I could ride around in the golf cart with you, and I didn't see you. So, <laughs> Well, you call me. You have my phone number. Right. You call me, and I'll put you on my cart. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take you everywhere they let me go, which is right. not too far. Done. All right. Done. Hey, so real, Steve, real quick before we go, I don't know if, if – do you, do you know yet what the food and beverage lineup is going to be yet, or is that something figured out soon? No, no, working on it now. We'll have barbecue. I mean, I'm sitting right in front of Sugar Fire. Probably have lunch there today. So we'll have barbecue, but we're good, and we'll have hopefully hot dogs and some of those kinds of concessions. Probably a lot of upscale foods as well. We're going to awesome. move it up just just a notch. We got some vendors coming in from out of town that go to all the other festivals in the Midwest. And the beverage we're going to do a, a beer tent because a beer garden was one of the things we did a survey of a thousand people. And people asked about a beer tent. We are a beer city, and with all our, our different kinds of beers and Anheuser Busch, uh, we we want to do things what people want to see. We we took a lot of the things that people said last year, and we're using them this year. We have a third entrance now, make it easier for people closer to the parking lots. Uh, the third stage was something people asked about. It's not a giant stage, but it's going to be musically uh, uh, programmed all day. And I think uh, we'll we'll be talking about food and that on the next round, probably in a couple of months. Looking forward to it, Steve. Thanks for visiting with us today. Thanks for having me. That is Steve Shankman, president of Contemporary Productions. Tickets go on sale to the general public for Evolution Festival, 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. If you want tickets, weekend passes, there are all kinds of different packages that you can uh, hop on if you want to. Evolutionfestival.com evolutionfestival.com. Again, Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock. It all goes on sale. I'm looking at Amy Mark's core. She's feeling a whole lot better. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. Well, baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, Amy, we know all those olds out there always getting scammed by by those professional scammers. Always scamming the old people. Always clicking a link or taking a phone call and giving your credit card number over the phone and giving up all your money and the next thing you know your identity's gone yep. and you're in jail. Yeah. Um, but apparently Gen Z mm-hmm. is extremely susceptible to online scams. And Gen Z, to clarify, are those born between 1995 and 2012. And they are three times as likely to fall for online scams compared to baby boomers. Three times. Gen Z. Three times more likely. This was in a uh, a piece from Time magazine mm-hmm. just recently talking about this. That um, And this, this all started after there was a financial advice uh, expert who works for a, a, an outlet called The Cut. And... This person lost fifty thousand dollars in a scam, and this was a financial expert or somebody who deemed themselves to be a financial expert giving financial advice, and lost fifty thousand dollars in a scam. So what apparently is happening is they are tailoring their messages to Gen Z. And what's interesting about this is that people who are younger, 
are typically considered to be smarter about electronics, smarter about technology, smarter about being online. But here we find out that they are even more susceptible to being scammed by a professional than people who are baby boomers. Yeah. And just to play devil's advocate here, because Gen Z is 95 to 2012. Yeah, if you were born in 2012, you could be 11. You're you're being scammed not because you're not savvy. You're being scammed because you're 11. However, if you're born in 95 or you're born in 2000, then you're talking about 25 to 30-year-olds, which also I thought 95 was still millennial. But for the purposes of this, they're saying 95 starts Gen Z, which was a bigger right. surprise to me because I honestly thought that was millennial. But at any rate... Yeah, they're falling for these scams because the younger generation sees ads on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. They fall for it versus older generations. They're generally scammed through email or getting you on the phone, right? That's mm-hmm. the like, grandma, don't answer that phone call. Grandma, don't respond to that email versus Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And I've I've been not scammed. I've uh, fished, they've fished for it, where an Instagram ad will say, will message me, private message me and say, hey, we, you know, love your profile. We'd love for you to be an ambassador for our brand. And the first time I got it, my uh, ego, I guess, kicked in for the first five seconds. And I thought, oh my gosh, they love me. (laughs) They think I'm awesome. And then I realized, no, wait a minute, you're private on Instagram and this is a scam. And now I've gotten like 10 of those. Well, I know of um, like a teenage student got one of those and responded because if you are a teenager and you get a private message from a company that looks legit, you're thinking, oh, that's awesome. You know, I could maybe be an influencer because more Gen Zers want to be influencers and YouTubers than anything else. Getting a message that says, hey, let's collab. Yeah, that's the word. So meaning, you know, let's let's get together and work on something and we can both benefit from mm-hmm. it monetarily. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure the lure of that is pretty good. If, like you said, younger people, they want to be YouTubers. They want to be uh, social media stars. That's the thing now. Right. Um, and it is the, the conventional wisdom is that because you're an older person, uh, you'll take a phone call and this person says, Hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so and I need this and you're in trouble and give me your credit card number and, or, or buy gift cards and then send me, I don't know, $500 worth of best buy gift cards, mm-hmm. send that to me. And it's a, it's a scam that works out pretty well, but because it is so easy to just click a link. So yeah. the message you got, did you report it, by the way? I hit block and report. Okay, good. Yeah. Because um, it was Instagram distant uh, direct message. Yeah. But it is so easy mm-hmm. when these messages are tailored to younger people and you appeal to them in, wet, in that way, it's just very easy to click a link. Yeah. You know, it's there's a lot less effort that goes into that than getting out your wallet, going to get your credit card, having time to think about it and think, wait a minute. Why did this person doesn't want my credit card information now? Why would I give it to them? Okay, I'm not doing that. But to click a link is like that. Yep. It is so easy to fall into it. It is. And this is also from that article you referenced in Time. A Pew Research Center report from 2022 found that adults under the age of 30 
are almost as likely to trust the information they see on social media as information they learn from national media outlets. And I know a scam is different than news, but what that shows and what's coming from the same place is it's coming from the same place online, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it may be. They're not using the same type of skepticism and discretion that you, as you should. Federal Trade Commission reported $10 billion Mm. lost to fraud last year, which is up 14% from the previous year. I'm as cynical as it gets, and some of these scams look so real that I can't tell, especially like shipping. Your package has been delivered. Wait, what? Is this real? Should I click on this? Did I order something? I get stuff like that all the time. Don't click a link. Don't click. Don't ever click links. Amy Marks Corps, Chris Ranji. Let's check in with Cardinal Spring Training. Matt Pauley is with us next on KMOX. And they're playing this batter, Win to pull. Win hits it hard, fair inside the third base bag down the left field line as the ball rolls all the way to the wall in the corner. Win has a double, and he'll hold up at second base. How about that? Baseball on the radio, baby. Games over the weekend, we have Grapefruit League Baseball happening right now on KMOX. Not today, but you can hear it primarily on weekends, sometimes nights during the spring training season, which we are in now. And it's time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line. We got Matt Pauley, who is our sports fella. And there's baseball today, Matthew. And from what I understand, um, it will not be on KMOX, but it will be on... The website, KMOX.com, or will it be the Cardinals website? Yeah, Cardinals.com, MLB.com. The MLB app works as well. Mike Claiborne and myself will have the call of the game with coverage beginning in about uh, 15, 20 minutes at the top of the hour. So you're doing play-by-play? You're ready to go? I am. I think so. I'm as ready as I'm going to be. How well, much? Oh, Yeah, go ahead. How much do you enjoy it, Matt? Oh, I love it. It's it's uh, it's a blast. It's just being down here, you know, watching these games is amazing. And then the fact that I get to broadcast a few of them, it's uh, it's pretty darn cool. And then the fact that I'm doing it with Claves, one of my favorite people in the world, um, just I mean, it's all perfect. Is he sitting right next to you? Is that why you said that? <laughs> I, he, I don't know if he, he's got a you know what? He took his earbud out so he can hear what I'm saying right now. Okay. But no, that is not the reason that I said that. OK, when you're getting ready to do play by play, are you thinking to yourself, Please don't screw this up. Please don't screw this up. What What are you thinking? What's going on in your mind? No, if you think that, you will. You just no. got to be kind of loose and yeah. ready to go. You know, it's a little bit different than when I did those regular season games at uh, at the end of last season because uh, that was very nerve wracking and it was hard to kind of get out of my head on that one. Uh, it's a l- little everything's a little more relaxed down here during spring training, which is good. Okay, since I did not go to radio school uh, and you gentlemen did go to radio school, when you do do you learn play-by-play? Because, I mean, it's a, it's a really tough skill. Do they teach you certain tenets and then you have to practice on your own, or is this just something that you have to be passionate about on your own and do? Yeah, I think it's more of that. You know, I, I there was no, like, radio play-by-play class that I went to in college. I was involved in the student radio station, and I did play-by-play on that, and then it's kind of on your own to go find people who can listen to it and, and give you feedback. You know, I was really lucky because... My dad worked in radio for years and years and years. He worked at KMOX in the 60s, and he was probably, uh, he's had more of an impact on who I've become as a broadcaster than anybody because he was always willing uh, to give me feedback. And then there's a lot of other people uh, in the world who I've reached out to who have been very gracious with their time and have done the same thing. So 
it's a lot about just working hard, going back and listening to yourself. I think most people know what's good and what's bad when they listen to it and, and trying to fix it. So that's a, it's a long answer to a short question. So I'm trying to extrapolate um, just over the weekend from a weekend's worth of games, Mason Wynn and what he has done. I'm trying to, trying to project what the regular season is going to be like. So since he's gotten a hit in every at-bat, does that mean that's what's going to happen when the year starts? Yeah, obviously. We're going to get to October, and he's still going to be hitting 1,000. Awesome. going to be great, yeah. Yeah, MVP. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's – but for real, let's try to project out. What are we expecting from him? Is he is he going to be a starter this year? What is your expectation? He's going to be the everyday shortstop. Oliver Marmel has made it very clear that – there is zero pressure on him to perform from an offensive standpoint. As long as they look at him and see that he is getting better and progressing at the plate, whether there are results that go along with that, uh, they are fine with it. He, it's it's almost seems like he doesn't have to get a hit to be the everyday shortstop for the Cardinals. They're so comfortable with the rest of the lineup and with what he does defensively impacting the team in a positive way. So anything he does from an offensive standpoint is going to be very much a bonus in terms of the way the Cardinals view him this year. Uh, I mean, he's a very intriguing player, and I think the prospect of him is exciting. I, I know it's difficult to do with a player like this, but let's let's try to project out five years. What kind of player are we talking about in you know, uh, 2031. Yeah, that's an interesting question because how does his skill set offensively progress moving forward? You know, he showed some power in the minor leagues. I'm not convinced he's going to be a guy that's hitting home runs uh, that often in the big leagues, but can he be a guy that hits for average? Can he be a a 260, 270, 280 guy at some point in his career? I think he can. Can he put it down in the gap and get extra bases? He had a double yesterday. I think that's what uh, were looking like I would I would be somewhat surprised if some of the power that he's shown in the minor leagues uh, does come along with him to the big leagues but I, I could be wrong on that got a newcomer today who is getting the start for the Cardinals against the Marlins again it's a 12-10 first pitch um, your coverage on cardinals.com and I believe there's going to be a link on kmox.com as well um, that you could find it there but eleven uh, fifty five your pregame let's let's talk about the starter today yeah, it's Sim Robertson. He came over in the Jordan Hicks trade uh, last year. He's Dutch, and I think everybody's kind of learning things about him right now. That's uh, you know, It's been interesting talking to Oliver Marmel still very early on in spring training when you talked about some of these guys, especially guys that came over at the deadline last year, whether it's a Thomas, a JC, a, a Robertson, a TK Roby. We keep hearing Marmel say, I just want to get my eyes on him because – they're being learned. You know, they're, they're, a lot of who they are is being seen for the first time from a lot of people here in the organization. What that does for you is at some point, these guys are going to have to help out at the big league level. And it makes you a lot more comfortable as a manager if you've seen them a little bit in spring training as opposed to bringing them up sight unseen. Hey, we, I was at a uh, party with a bunch of Kansas City Royals fans the other day, and they were talking about the – massive contract 11-year contract that Bobby Witt signed with the Royals and then the conversation turned towards Jordan Walker and if the Cardinals will go past arbitration and sign him in lock him into a long-term deal at a younger age rather than when maybe he might be demanding more money do you see something like that going down with a Jordan Walker or what do you think of that type of approach 
Yeah, it's hard to predict. I like moves like that because you save money in the long run. You're able to buy out some arbitration years, pay them a little bit more during the arbitration years, and then you're able to pay them bluntly a lot less during the, the free agent years that come up after that. I think we may still be a little early. You know, you look at when it happened for Wit. If we were to apply that timeline to Walker, it would be probably the next offseason that we're talking about or even the offseason a- after that. Is it a possibility? Sure. I also wonder, you know, John Mozalock's going to be done in his job here in two years. Uh, is there is there some feeling to allow the next guy uh, to, to make those kind of decisions? So I don't think it's an impossibility, but it's probably not something that's on the horizon right now. I know that that player was, for me, going into last regular season, the most intriguing Cardinal just because of his youth and his ability and and everything that we've heard about him and then even seeing him in person he's a he's a specimen man i mean he he's a he's a big dude and you think that guy could have a very long career and and be a great cardinal um what do we look for from him in a second season at the big leagues yeah, I think it's just consistency. Uh, he's going to be better defensively. And Oliver Marm will be the first to tell you that when they switched him from one side of the outfield to the other, that all it started to click in for him. There's still going to be moments that are not great for him in the outfield. But like I always, he, he's been playing outfield. Last year was his first full year playing outfield. This is a guy who was in high school just a few years ago. So to ask him to play at a really high level, at the big league level, that's tough. He's putting in all the work. He was in Jupiter uh, all offseason uh, working. So defensively, it's still going to be a little bit of a work in progress, but I think he's going to be significantly better this year. And then offensively, it's just taking that next step. You know, can he, can he be a 2020 guy? He's talked uh, openly about he's got the goal of hitting 30 home runs this year. Uh, just just those type of things. And even the stuff that doesn't show up on the baseball card numbers. But, you know, the Cardinals are, are very um, – they, they realize how important this guy is to the organization moving forward. So, you know, from a launch angle standpoint and, a, you know, from a hard hit rate standpoint, just all those things that you kind of get into the advanced numbers on, they want those to be moving in the right direction as well. What's the atmosphere like in the ballpark today? Give me the temperature. Give me the just I want to know how it feels right now. It's 70 something degrees in St. Louis. So how are we looking today? 75 sunny there's a bit of a breeze coming in uh this is technically a marlins home game today so it always feels a you know they run the uh, stadium operation when they've got the home game and it's a little bit different when they do it so uh not a lot of people here at the moment we're guessing most people who do make their way in uh will be cardinals fans but it definitely feels like a a wonderful day for spring training baseball who does it better cardinals or marlins you don't even need to ask that question i'm just just seeing what you're it's a world apart, and yes, it's the Cardinals. It's a, it's a world apart. Wow. Look at us. We're doing great. Yes. Yes. What, uh, what's going to be your opening line of the broadcast? And do, do, no you, do you have your home run call in the tank ready to go? I don't do, I don't do a home run call. I, um, I think all the great home run calls have already been taken, so I don't do okay. one. Here, oh, wow. Try this one out today. Okay? If a Cardinal hits a home run, uh, you'll say there's a fly ball in the left field. Um I don't we know where it went. I can't see it. Night. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> the the yeah, only time I've ever on done call, one. Amy. <laughs> don't do a what Amy just did. She's such eight, a bad call. I you don't even you know done. because you talked over it. Don't talk over it. Don't. It was a, it was a great call. Try it. Try it out, Matt. Just like long fly ball to left. I don't know where it went. I can't see it. That, that. that could work. The, the closest thing I've ever had to it, a buddy got me. There's a Kevin Hart stand-up routine where he says, say it with your chest. 
Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine got me to say, uh, say it with your bat once as my home run call. And it did not come off well. And that's, <laughs> it was at that moment that I realized, you know what? This just isn't me. You, you got to be true to who you are. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, good luck today. I think it's going to be a great broadcast. Thanks. Thanks. There you I'll go. Say it with my bat. Yep. Say it with your bat. Matt yep. Pauley, thank you. Uh, Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne have the call of Cardinals baseball. If you want to listen online, you can do that, KMOX.com. And right at the top of the page, there is a link that will send you there to listen to the Cardinals today. And actually, uh, well, I don't know. We might we might dip in tomorrow, maybe. Mm-hmm. We have to kind of work it out. But we might dip into uh, Sonny Gray's. Sonny Gray start tomorrow is his uh mm-hmm. they'll probably get an inning or two so yeah. we're gonna at least give you a little taste of baseball tomorrow maybe love it i did turn maybe. on i turned on KMOX on saturday and heard cardinals baseball it's just the best it's the best sound uh the say it with your bat not coming off well <laughs> the, the show arrested development yeah Ed, you've seen it great yeah and i i it's a scene where i guess um who's the main character michael michael is trying to break up with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And uh-huh. he's like, it's been great knowing you. Not. <laughs> he was like, I was trying to think of something a little bit sharper to say, a little bit less dated. But that was his big comeback was not. So that show, critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And the people who watched it loved it. And I, maybe a little better than a cult following, but it did not do well in ratings. Yeah. One of the explanations I've heard because you always think, well, this show's so good. Why are more people not watching it? Are, are we that stupid mm-hmm. that we're not watching it? And one of the explanations I heard was it was the kind of show that to really appreciate it, you really needed to start watching from the very beginning. Yeah. So you couldn't pick it up, you know, midway through season two because there's a lot of callbacks. It's all callbacks and about character development, which to this day is why you need to watch The Office the character development of that show it's the ve- and it's the very same cadence the the awkward pauses the yeah. i forgot what the type of film uh cinematography is called but just you know the camera angles is just set up yeah it looks like you're almost a big brother feeling with the with the camera angles and so yeah you would like the office and you contrast that with a seinfeld mm-hmm. for example which i did not start watching until oh, probably Four or five seasons in, yeah, I, I just didn't appeal to me, and then I started watching. And you didn't need to be with it from the very beginning. Yeah, like you could pick it up in the middle of a season and kind of get what was going on. Okay, this is um. I know we got to go, but now that we're talking about camera angles and and just cameras being set up, I forgot what that is called. Um, but having been sick and spending a lot of time in bed i mentioned that i started watching the bear well there's also a movie i didn't watch it but i watched the trailer and then i watched several specials about how they made the film did you see the zone of interest no oh, I, well i don't think it's, it, it's not streaming yet is it yeah you can buy it, it. Is. okay you can buy it okay. and so it was i think it was Friday it, night, we were going to watch it, and then thought, oof, I don't it's know. It's in that. German, right? Or is it? It is. It's okay, all subtitled. Okay, so it's subtitled, all right. But it is the true story of yeah. the guy that ran Auschwitz and his house, which was backed up, the mm-hmm. garden, the pool backed up to the walls of Auschwitz. And it feels like a horror film because so, there's a constant sense of dread, but they never show anything. Well, it's. Don't- well, no, that's what they. That's how they. Oh, because I've seen. I've yeah, seen that's the, the, the trailer. There's one scene. Yeah. That that has been, um, I don't know, probably Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. I've watched it, 
and they're just kind of walking through the garden. Yeah. And, and I should and, say and they and never showed me because the, I, yeah, I didn't watch it, but go You ahead. see the building on the yeah. other side of the wall, and you yeah. hear what's going on inside, and it's, it is very it's haunting. It's shocking because yeah. the director said it's because you are watching one movie but hearing another. Because, again, and this yep. is what the director says at the beginning, they don't go into Auschwitz, but you know it's right there. And he patterned the garden historically accurate to how this guy, this Nazi uh, commander, how his house was. And they just raised their kids. And he said he did it because he wanted to show um, the capacity of evil for humans. Like, because we always want to other and say, well, they were extra bad. We could never be that bad. And he said, no, we can be that. That's oh, how it can happen again. That's how bad it is. Yeah. It could. And so I wanted I, I wanted to I want to see it. I'm going to. I just didn't dive in on Friday because I obviously it's a very heavy theme. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Amy, I told this story during the Dave Glover hour last week. Did I tell you? I did not tell you. So I go to this uh, clothing store. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name the name. I'm not going to name the type of restaurant that's next door, but I go in and uh, I said, I, I bought a couple of things and I bring them up to the counter to pay for them. And the dude working, he just says randomly to me, uh, he goes, hey, thanks for waiting because there were people in front of me. And then he says, uh, were you at the restaurant next door? I said, no. Hmm. I said, why? Is it is it good or something? <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't know why he asked yeah. me. And he goes, "Oh, I had the worst food poisoning of my life there." <laughs> oh I'm like, my oh, gosh! Okay, so if why did you, he volunteer that? I don't know. And was he? Does he say it to everybody who comes in? Is there a person working at this right. clothing store? Okay, that every time somebody comes into the store, he says, "Hey, that restaurant next door, Yo. don't go there." Did he seem like maybe he was interested in you? You know what I mean? Like, was he trying to flirt? Could be. Maybe he was trying to flirt and then realized this is a terrible opening Well, if he line. was, I'll tell you what, I'm flattered. Well, also, but don't flirt with a food poisoning line. You know what I mean? The <laughs> worst food poisoning of my life. I'm like, all right. Guess I'm not going there. Hey, we've got the recap. If you've missed anything, just tuned in. Well, baby, we'll tell you what that's been. That's coming up. Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 